What is the Vikings' strongest position? What is their weakest position? And how do they compare with other teams across the NFL? Jeff is going to break down his the best teams at every position group in the NFL. We're also going to talk about the pressure on some young quarterbacks having to prove themselves uh, again this season. And uh, we'll get into some uh, some odds and ends around the league. One of my favorite stats of all time, Josh Allen defending Stephon Diggs, uh, players retiring early, all kinds of other stuff we can get to today. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. This is part of TalkNorth.com. You can find all the shows and the archives of the shows at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen if you like the show, subscribe at your favorite podcast app. If you do like the show, spread the word. Uh, and if you like any other shows at the, at the network, uh, just subscribe. Easiest way to listen. It's also free. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks to our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. So, Jeff, you've been writing about uh, the best and, and weakest position groups for every NFL team. Let's let's start with the Vikings. What do you think their best position group is and their weakest? Yeah, I think it's interesting when you try to break it all down. And we know the best player on the team <laughs> is clearly Justin Jefferson. But I don't know that you say the wide receiver position is the best position group yet until we see more from Jordan Addison. And we know K.J. Osborne is a good player. As far as the fourth and fifth receivers, if we, if we assume Addison's number three or number two this year with, with Osborne, then you've got guys like Jalen Naylor, Jalen Rager competing for the, the fourth and fifth spots. So... But I'm I'm not ready to say the receiver receiver group is the best position group on the team, so I, I think I think I would agree with with an analysis ESPN did where they 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 said the Vikings offensive tackles are the best position group uh, if we differentiate offensive tackles from guards and centers <laughs> because I'm not putting the Vikings guards and centers in that top category, but when you talk about Brian O'Neill and Christian Derisaw. I think, yes, they are. Those two guys are really potential Pro Bowl players, potential elite players. And as we discussed last week, we were talking about Derrissaw specifically and how O'Neill and Derrissaw, kind of similar to Stussy and Stringer back in my GM days in the 90s when we had that 15 1 team and a bunch of playoff teams. So good, good to build from. Nice to have those bookend tackles. I'll say that's the strongest position. What do you what what say you, Jim? It's really weird after all the complaining everyone's done about the Vikings offensive line to, to mention any group on the offensive line as their strength. Um, I think it might be right though. Uh, you know, Harrison Smith is still a very good player, but he's not quite what he used to be. The corners are concerned, the linebackers are kind of a new group. Defensive line, we aren't sure if they're gonna be good enough. We don't know if Daniel Hunter is gonna be here. Um you know, maybe receivers as a whole. If you wanted to to, to alter the uh, alter the parameters, you could say the receivers as a whole with with Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison, Osborne, and a couple other guys who might contribute. Maybe you could stretch there. But I guess I guess the simplest answer is the tackles. You have two, you know, Pro Bowl, maybe All Pro caliber tackles. That just doesn't happen very often. No, it really doesn't. And and I think conversely, as you mentioned, the concerns about the cornerback position and and that to me is, is the biggest question mark still. And we'll talk more as we get closer to training camp, definitely. But when you talk about a team that had their basically top four corners last year, at at least at the end of the year, 
Uh, they're all gone. Patrick Peterson, Shandon Sullivan, and I wasn't a big Shannon Sullivan fan, Cam Dancer, totally inconsistent player, and Duke Shelley was kind of an overachiever. Patrick Peterson, a, a good player, not no longer elite. And so you, you kind of figure maybe Byron Murphy Jr. can replace Peterson's production, and then it comes down to what are they going to get out of it? Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., and Mackay Blackman, the third-round pick. And that that could be the biggest question mark on this team are those young corners, if they can produce and, and they get Hunter signed, and obviously they need help from Marcus Davenport and they need uh, DJ Wanham to have, have a good season, Patrick Jones, and then have the young, young linebackers come through. So it's, there are a lot of question marks on defense, but certainly the biggest question is the corner spot. And then uh, there was a, uh, in this particular topic I, I was reading they were talking about who's the non-starter to know on the vikings <laughs> and and they listed Dwayne mcbride which i thought was kind of curious jim because how is mcbride going to even see the field as a seventh round pick when he's got alexander madison kane wangu and ty chandler ahead of him now unless he is a, a phenom maybe he'll be another pacheco for kansas city last year who was a seventh-round pick, ended up being their starter in the Super Bowl, that that would be kind of difficult to see. But Black uh, McBride certainly gets gets some interesting publicity for a seventh-round pick. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we're coming off a draft from Mo Ibrahim, who was a tremendous college back and whose running style I, I just absolutely love. Didn't even get drafted. And I could see him you know, popping up if there's some injuries in Detroit and, and having a – you know, and being a very productive player. McBride, you know, I've read about him. I've watched some clips of him. I just don't know enough about him to project. But but it is very true that good offenses tend to make, you know, odd running backs look pretty good. We've seen just about everybody's played in the 49 system the last five years has looked good running the ball. Uh, you know, and the Chiefs have have won with uh, Jarek McKinnon and with Pacheco, with pretty much everybody everybody on the roster. So, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be the hugest surprise if McBride ended up being a player for him. No, that's right. And and, and all, all those players you mentioned doesn't bode well for a guy like Dalvin Cook to be paid eleven million dollars again this season which was he was projected to do until he was released and i i think i think dalvin will be fortunate to, to hit seven million uh which is around where miles sanders he's at 6.35 million he was one of the premier free agent running backs this year the, the running back market we've talked often about how it's tanked and more so than ever it seems this year so dalvin still out there and and waiting to be signed as is DeAndre Hopkins, which I I think, again, he's probably looking for 15 to 20 million bucks. And that's tough to find this time of year when you get into July and teams are three weeks from training camp and they basically spent most of their salary cap room. Yes. Jeff, of course, the former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, uh, now works with uh, an agency representing players, also works in the media. So he's seen the sport from all sides. He's also seen the NFL as it has grown exponentially since he first signed on with the Vikings way back when. Uh, let's get, you know, the other thing about Sanders is I think Sanders was smart to kind of swallow his pride and take that offer because people, you know, the money is drying up right now. 
And I really wonder if Dalvin Cook's going to get $6 million a year at this point. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think what Dalvin may end up having to do is take that one-year deal with a bunch of incentives and, and try to prove at whatever, 28 years old, 27, 28 years old, that he can stay healthy, that he can have another 12, 1,300-yard season, hit a bunch of incentives, and, and that's how I'd structure the deal if, if I was his agent, that, that he's got a, a big number – Maybe it's two to three million bucks if he's a twelve hundred yard back. Maybe it's another couple million if he's a if he's a fifteen hundred yard back and a Pro Bowl player and the teams in the playoffs. I always like to to combine those big incentives with team incentives to to kind of keep the emphasis there. Even though incentives seem individual by nature, but when you combine the team, that kind of helps the cause to to keep guys understanding that it is a team sport. But, yeah, it, it's not going to be easy for Dalvin. We know that. No doubt about it. All right, let's get to uh, the NFL's best team at every position group. Let's go more in-depth with Jeff and his analysis. Uh, before we get to that, though, just a really qu- a quick one here. Uh, Josh Allen is uh, ripping on Buffalo media and the national media for for getting on Stephon Diggs for missing a day uh, of middle of summer you know, practice saying that it's no big deal at all. Listen, I think he's just sticking up for his guy. Uh, Diggs has been his best receiver. Diggs has been very productive for him, and they have a great rapport. But I, I don't trust Diggs in this situation. I don't trust him to handle it with in, with any maturity. No, and uh, that's his track record. We know that. We saw it here a couple of years back before he was traded back in 2020, and he created all kinds of ripples and even back in the 2019 season, that was a, a playoff season for the Vikings when they won a playoff game. But what we, we know how the offense struggled early in the season, how Cousins was struggling, and Diggs was, was spouting off and pouting and talking uh, in riddles and <laughs> all kinds of things. There's, there's truth in all, in all rumors or whatever he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so He also I, fake coughed for us. Where, because he... You know, he had pretended that he was sick, which is why he missed a practice or two. When we asked about him, he did it. It's a very, a very dramatic staged fake cough just to let us know that he really wasn't sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he was a beauty, and and we know that. So I, I don't think Buffalo has seen the last of of Stefan drama, <laughs> and it, it'll be it'll be still be coming. And no doubt about it. All right, we are going to get to the uh, best. NFL teams at every position group. First, though, let's thank our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell. They're a great staff. Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer. Six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com you'll see 0.9% APR plus a $1,250 trade assistance on Sierra 1500s, 2.49% APR on 2022 and 2023 Buick SUV models, and a 1.9% APR on GMC Acadias, plus no monthly payments for 90 days, and introducing the new 2024 Encore GX the White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. 
All right, so Jeff, where do you want to start with uh, the best teams at each position group? Well, I think we better start with Patrick Mahomes yeah. <laughs> and the Kansas City Chiefs, because if you're talking about quarterbacks, and, and usually only one quarterback plays, very rare when more than one is playing except for injury. So it's, to me, a no-brainer to go with the Chiefs, who have the best quarterback in the league, and Mahomes. He's a two-time reigning, uh, two-time MVP, two-time reigning Super Bowl champion uh, as well as well he's a one-time reigning Super Bowl champion he's a two-time overall Super Bowl champion and he's simply a phenomenal player he can throw run make off schedule plays what's amazing to me Jim he's he's only going to turn 30 or 28 in September (laughs) so if you if you go by the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers calendar and Drew Brees he's got another 12 to 14 15 years in the league wow it's going to make Amazing. a lot of money and win a lot of championships. And he's got a decent enough backup in Blaine Gabbard, who's a 12-year vet with 48 career starts. And and so I think that's a, a good position for Kansas City to be in. And, of course, Mahomes rarely, if ever, misses a game because he can play through pain with, with the best of them. Who, the interesting question is, who do you think has the second-best quarterback situation? Yeah, that, that is a, that's a really good question. And – some people would say top to bottom, it might be San Francisco with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, for, if you're looking at, at a threesome. But I think all those guys are still somewhat unproven, even though Purdy had, had a fantastic start to his career. And I still think Trey Lance might get traded, perhaps. So, But I guess when you look at the whole group, certainly I think San Francisco is up there. Uh, then you look at who has the best other quarterbacks. Well, Philadelphia, we know that that they're they're a top team. And then you look at some of these young quarterbacks around the league and how they're going to unfold, and in Carolina and Houston and so forth. So, but I, I guess I was I, I guess I would say San Francisco. I'm trying to think who else has a great number two quarterback. Uh, I don't know where where is uh, where's Andy Dalton these days. <laughs> I guess he might be the best number two. <laughs> That, you know, uh, I I know I should know where he is playing this year, and for some reason I am absolutely blank on which team he signed with. Oh, he's with Carolina. That's right. They they, they already announced that Bryce Young is going to be the starter ahead of him. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to I'm going to oversimplify this debate. I'm going to say that I'll take I'll take Joe Burrows and whoever his backup is uh, as the <laughs> second best group. Yeah, that, that's probably a good a good answer. Or or Jalen Hurts and Philadelphia. Or Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I love Jalen Hurts too. Yeah, but Joe Burrow, to me, is the number two. He's the second-best guy. Now, his receiver group, I think, is the best wide receiver group, the Bengals' wide receivers. When you're talking about that, the threesome, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, who's also a former first-rounder like Chase, and Tyler Boyd is the number three head, 762 yards and five TDs. That, that's a great group with size, speed, and, and great athleticism. No doubt about it. All right, let's go. So you just mentioned the the receiver. How about best tight end? Tight end group. This is where I almost picked the Vikings because of because of the way Josh Oliver is being trumped up as a, as a one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, and the Vikings say he'll be a bigger part of the passing game. Uh, so as a twosome, they're certainly up there. But I still think you have to go with with Kansas City with Travis Kelsey, eight time Pro Bowler, four time first team All Pro coming off seven straight thousand yard receiving seasons for a tight end. That's phenomenal. 110 catches last year, 12 TDs. And they've got a pretty good number two 
in Noah Gray, who had 28 catches last year. And he and he's a start. He started alongside Kelsey in the Super Bowl in their two tight end office. So you got to go with Kansas City, but the Vikings could be up there with Hawkinson and Oliver. Yeah, I think you have it exactly right. How about offensive line? Offensive line has got to be the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they re-signed Jason Kelsey. They they've got just a tremendous group of players. Uh, you're talking about. Pro bowlers in Lane Johnson, a third pro bowler last year besides Kelsey and Johnson in Landon Dickerson, the guard. Um, they lost Samalo in free agency, but they've got a couple of several high draft picks that could step in for him. And and their their left tackle, Jordan Malata, is is a really solid player too. So but as far as an under the under the radar great offensive line, maybe the second best in the league, Detroit Lions. They've got a great group, and they they protected Jared Goff so well last year. Only gave up 24 sacks, second best in the league. They are uh, an excellent group, including Chan Hasden's only Frank Rag now at center, <laughs> who's a Pro Bowler. Yeah, really good player. Really interesting story too. All right, let's get to uh, running well, by, backs. By the yes. way, I tried to sign for IFA and and couldn't quite get him signed. Unfortunately. Oh shoot. Well, maybe someday. Maybe yeah. for his acting career. Right. All right, let's wrap up the offense with running backs. Running backs, uh, I go with San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, excellent number two. Uh, McCaffrey had, had a great season last year, remains elite if he stays healthy, and, and certainly the best dual-purpose back in the league. And then you have to kind of add into the equation Debo Samuel, who is a, is a great running back even as a, as a star receiver, and he had 782 rushing yards and and 14 TDs on the ground in his career. Uh, so Debo Samuel, a huge threat on the on the jet sweep, and he he's a heck of a he's a heck of a running back too, as as well as a great receiver. No doubt about it. All right, let's get to defense uh, once again. Thanks to our producer Brandon Morton, and check out TalkNorth.com. We have the Viking Update Show to, as a companion piece to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. We have all the sports covered. We have variety shows. We have outdoor content. If you like a show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. And uh, check out, if you like a show, go to talkwork.com and find the archives. You'll go back and find some cool stories that are told by some some of our great experts across the spectrum. All right, let's go to defense. Defensive line. Defensive line. Uh, Again, the Eagles in the trenches are, are awfully good. It was a close call between the Eagles and the 49ers. And interestingly, Jim, they both play 4-3 as their, as their base defense, even though so many teams like the Vikings have gone to 3-4. But the, I, I do think that San Francisco is close because they've got Nick Bosa, the reigning defensive player of the year. They signed Javon Hargrave away from Philadelphia, and he had 11 sacks last year. But the Eagles' depth on the defensive line is just scary. Got Hassan Reddick, 16 sacks last year, to lead a group that had 70 sacks league high. They they worked their salary cap magic with voidable deals, and they kept Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham up front. They've also got a couple of recent first-round picks from Georgia, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter, of course, who's controversial, but he's very talented. And then they then they draft edge on the edge, Nolan Smith, in the, late in the first round, and, and he's a guy that they can get to the quarterback, too. They're, they are scary up front. Uh, let's go to linebackers, Jeff. Linebackers, uh, again, 
there, there's kind of a trend here because it's San Francisco. I'm talking a lot about San Francisco and Philadelphia. Best rosters. Yeah, great rosters. And and the, the 49ers, I think their linebackers play a big role in that defense ranking first in, in uh, total defense. Fred Fred Warner, first-team all-pro metal linebacker. Dre, uh, Dre Greenlaw is also had 127 tackles that can both run and hit and cover. Uh, and, and they're they're just really good. Uh, Owen Oren Burks will be their replacement for Al Shire, who left for Tennessee in free agency. And then I, I think as a second choice would be the Ravens, Roquan Smith, Patrick Green, Patrick Queen, inside linebackers, a really fine duo, and uh, and and the Bengals have a, have a really good pair too with Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. But um, keep an eye on the Bears, by the way because they, they spent big bucks in free agency on Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo and T.J. Edwards from, from, the, from the, the bill. Uh, T, uh, Tremaine Ed, Edmonds from Buffalo and, and T.J. Edwards from Philadelphia, who both led their team in tackles last year, now in Chicago. So that, that bear defense should be on the rise. By the way, as somebody who analyzed uh, players and had to figure out who to, where to spend your money, what do you think of the, the raw tackles stat? Is it indicative of how good a player is? Not really, because so often, as, as we know, that the tackles, defensive tackles' responsibility is to take on the blockers and free up the linebackers. So it, it, it's great if you're Aaron Donald and you have 15 to 20 sacks, but that's, that's very rare. And, and we had Keith Millard back in the day and John Randall as defensive tackles that, that contributed those kind of sacks. But realistically, it's hard to do inside when you're getting doubled a lot. And, and unless you're really a special, special player. So I, I think that, yeah, I think I think stats for defensive tackles can definitely be misleading. All right, let's get to the secondary if we're going to do that as a full. You want to do cornerbacks and then safeties or secondary as a whole? Uh, we, can do, we can split them up because, okay. I, because I'm going to go with San Francisco as the safeties again. Wow. <laughs> and uh, again, because they've got great safeties and – uh, Hufanga was a first-team All-Pro last year after being a fifth-round pick, and and his running mate uh, Tayshawn Gibson had five interceptions. They also drafted Jair Brown in this year's third round, and so they, they've got a, a, a great group of safeties. But there are some other groups too that are very talented. Buffalo with Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and and Demar Hamlin. Throw him in the group, and hopefully he's healthy this year and, and really contributes on defense, which would be a great story if, if he's lining up on opening day again. So uh, those are some of the safety groups. The corners, I, I go with Miami when when they traded for Jalen Ramsey and you combine him with, with Xavier Howard, who has been an all-pro and a Pro Bowl player. He, he was coming off a, a major injury, knee injury, but but he was back at the end of last year. So if, if he is fully healthy, and we know Jalen Ramsey is still an excellent, excellent corner, They've got a really solid third corner in, in Kohu. I, I like the I like the the Dolphins slightly over the Eagles corners uh, because the Eagles have an excellent pair, as we know, in Darius Slay and James Bradbury, and and so and then you throw in the mix Buffalo with with Tre'Davious White and and Kyir Elam. So, but but I'll take I'll take Miami slightly over Philly. Uh, yeah. So we, we so I guess the next thing is really is do you want do you want to talk about special teams or kickers yeah. or punters? Of, of course, we have to talk okay. about teams. And, and the best special teams group in the league is clearly the Baltimore Ravens. Justin Tucker has been the NFL's record holder for career field goal percentage, over 90%, longest field goal. 
He's a six-time Pro Bowl kicker, has made first or second team All-Pro eight times. And uh, his, the punter, Jordan Stout, was a fourth-round pick last year, averaged almost 46 yards a kick, 26 inside the 20. And then Devin Duvernay was the Pro Bowl kick returner uh, in the in the AFC, had 20, 25.9 kickoff return average with one TD return for a touchdown, 11.9 punt return. It's clearly the Ravens, and why not? Because John Harbaugh was the special teams coordinator in Philadelphia before he became the head coach in Baltimore. No, that's exactly right. And he has got he's one of, he's one of the longest running head coaches in the league now at this point, and he's one of the most respected as well. All right, let's, let's get a final thought from Jeff. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about a little more about DeAndre uh, Hopkins and Dalvin Cook, where they might end up. I also want to talk about uh, you know players retiring early, uh, Commander Center. Chase Arroyer has announced his retirement at the age of 29. Uh, Ryan Poles admitted he sleeps in his office. We might get into that. Great stat here. Patrick Mahomes is 27-3 against the AFC West. It'll be interesting to see if the AFC West can actually put up a fight against him this year. But for today, let's get a final thought from Jeff. Yeah, I think that my final thought for this week is that the, the we're past the 4th of July, and, and that means that, that the GMs and personnel people are coming back to work and the coaches – probably next week, and which means that it's time for Quasi Adolfo Menza to get Justin Jefferson and Daniil Hunter signed in the next couple of weeks. So that's the, that's the big enchilada on his plate that he's got to deal with over these next few weeks to get those guys done, and in, in particular Hunter, because Jefferson has already said he'll, he'll show up for training camp. He's got two years left on his contract, even though – Obviously, they want to get him signed, and that shouldn't be that hard a deal at $30 million a year or a little bit more than that. But Hunter's deal, a little more complicated, and he's only supposed to make five, a little over $5 million this year. they got to get him signed. Without him, that defensive line, pass rush, edge rusher group is, is very shaky. So that, that's my thought for the weekend. Next week, Jim, we're going to talk about, about the pressure on several quarterbacks to avoid being one-hit wonders and and kind of leading the group there, a couple guys, Geno Smith and even Jalen Hurts, kind of a one-hit wonder. We'll talk about him next week because he's really had one big year in Philadelphia, and then he got a fifty-one million dollar a year deal. Pretty good, pretty good if you can get that. <laughs> yes, uh, nice work if you can get it, and uh, it'll be fascinating to watch him if he can, if he can produce the way he did this last year and stay healthy. All right, great stuff from Jeff. We will get into all those topics next week. Once again, thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore and our producer Brandon Moore.